Amen. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Genesis. We were kind of rocking and rolling through a little Bible study series that we were doing here on creation. And then in creation, it snowed and we didn't have church. And then it seems like we haven't had a Wednesday night in a month. It hasn't been that long, but it seems that way. And uh, we were, and we, this is really the third week uh, that we were looking at creation. Um, and honestly, some of the things we talk about tonight, we're just going to breeze over. Uh, and if you weren't here for the first two weeks, you can go back online and check those out. You can check them out on the Grace website. You can check them out on Facebook. But we really talked about creation and science and evolution and, and all of those things. But tonight, turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse, and we'll be starting about verse 26. And I'll, if, if you're new to the Bible or new to any of those kind of things, you've got to love any Bible study that starts in Genesis, right? Or Revelation. You can get to the end or you can get to the front. It's good. But what we have, kind of what we've seen so far is, is that the six days of creation that are found in the book of Genesis give us a definitive account, uh, the most definitive account in all of literature, uh, how the universe came into existence and how you and I came into existence. And as you read, if you've ever read the first chapter of the book of Genesis, there's this momentum. It's in the original language, but you can see it in our language. There's this momentum. You know it's building towards something, that there's a destination in mind. And God begins the sixth day by creating the animals. And then, look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so when that statement, verse 26, occurs, everybody, you trying to, you want to, are you passing notes? I guess you are homeschooled. How do you even know how to do that? <laughs> Bad kids. Anybody need a, a, a prayer bulletin since you waited till we started our Bible study to ask, Judy? I was right here. I was right here. You were waving at her. All right, guys, if you ain't got one by now, it's too late. Let's go on. First, again, what we see here, where was I at, Judy? I don't know either. <laughs> Listen, what we have here is, is the zenith, the apex, the pinnacle of God. Now we got people walking around all over. <laughs> I don't need this in my life. I'll go out here. I'll go in the kitchen and get me something. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm good, 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 good. All right. So y'all are like, amen, dismissed. <laughs> we gone. All right, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Listen, what we've come to is a hot mess, all right? Six times in the book of, uh, in the first chapter, uh, in the creation account, God says, and it was good, and it was good. But uh, look at verse 31 in your Bible. When it comes to mankind, God saw everything that he had made, and he says, indeed, it was what? Very good. There is something special about man, right? Mankind, men and women, there's something different. Men are distinct and higher than the animals. You're not just some animal, no matter what your wife may say about you. You are made in the likeness of God. You're not some higher form of animal, no matter what any, you know, um, scientist may try to tell you that's not the case. You're created unique by God and in a special way. Matter of fact, in Shakespeare... Um, when Shakespeare wrote Hamlet, he said this. He said, what a piece of work is man. Amen? 
Have you ever thought that before? Well, he's a real piece of work right there. Well, he means in a good way. What a piece of work is man, how noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form and moving, how express and admirable, in action, how like an angel, in apprehension, how like God. And that's what Scripture teaches us, that God made us like Him. Look in your notes at Psalm chapter 8, verse 5. It says, For you have made Him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned Him with glory and honor. You have made Him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under His feet. And then look at your notes, Psalm 139, verse 14. Uh, he says, I will praise you. The psalmist is saying, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and so are you. And so tonight, what, I'm, what we're going to kind of focus on is you, right, and how amazing you are. And the point of focusing in on how amazing you are is to give God glory in his creation. And so the first thing, write this down, the first thing I want you to see is how amazing you are in your physical nature. I mean, just physically. Now, you may not feel very amazing tonight. You might feel full. You might be hot. You might be cold. I'm sure you'll tell me as soon as the service is over. But you are amazing. I'm leaving. You're amazing in your physical nature. Again, look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man. Now, now flipping your Bible to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Look at chapter 2, verse 7. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, the picture here is of a potter. Uh, you know, making something with great skill and mastery. That's kind of what you see happening here. Look at Psalm 119, verse 73. The psalmist says, your hands have made me and fashioned me. Matter of fact, on the, in the, on the walls of the Library of Congress, uh, it says this, there is but one temple in the universe, the body of man. One temple in the universe, the body of man. Your, abs, your physical nature is a miracle. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing. Write this down. It's amazing in the making. The making. How, in terms of your physical makeup, God made Adam from the dust of the ground. We know that our physical bodies have all kinds of components of the earth, chemicals and minerals and and oxygen and nitrogen and potassium and calcium and sodium and all this is part of our genetic makeup. Uh, we are of the dust of the ground. It sounds simple, but it's complex. Think how long it takes for a baby to be born. Not some longer than others. Alicia was pregnant with an uh, amber baby for two years. <laughs> Google it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not quite. Not quite. It seemed like it. But think about the body of a, a little baby in a mother's womb being formed and made and the making of a, all of the cells, the human cells, the complexity of the human cells, the fact that we have 300 trillion cells in our body, the fact that one drop of your blood has 5 million cells in it and every cell is complex as New York City. The cell is amazing. The human cell is incredible. And God didn't just make you, he made that. He made you out of that stuff. It's incredible the amount of information that is stored in these cells and in your 
DNA. It's incredible. Your sales has its own language, its own decoding system. There are supervisor sales that kind of do like your supervisor. They seem like they just sit around and watch everything else happen. There's plumber sales that do your nerves and, and, and all of those things. There's all kinds of different sales, electrician sales. Every sale has a unique and particular purpose, and God made every one of those incredibly complex sales, and he made you. Uh, I mean, think about it, for nine months, roughly, you know, the process of a human life being made. And then one day, did I ever tell you all about having Marcus? You want to hear it? Might as well, you're here. Okay, so Amber Baby, we had false starts. Anybody ever have false, false starts having a baby? False start, false start, false start. You know, we went to the hospital a couple times. And by the time Amber actually came, we decided we'd have that child in the middle of the street before we go up there again and be embarrassed and have to go home. No baby, right? I started to feel, I was thinking bad about Alicia. I'm like, just push it out. <laughs> Ain't coming up here no more. So when Marcus came along, I thought we had plenty of time too. And so I thought I worked third shift at the time. I got, and, and so she wakes me up and she's like, hey, it's time. <laughs> well, I, think it, I thought it was like last time because when we had Amber, finally, we took our sweet time getting to the hospital. We drug our feet, stopped. I got her a Sprite and a bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? We're having a baby we're not going to be too. So I'm, I'm thinking same thing with Marcus. I get up. I go in the kitchen. I fix me a bowl of cereal. I don't know if you have a baby. It's going to be a good day. And Alicia coming there, and she's like, ah, you don't understand. It's time. We got to go. And so I grab my stuff, run in, and we took her minivan, and we might have did 140 on Perry Switch. I'm not going to lie. Maybe. Okay. Uh, she, was, she was going to, that child, that boy was going to be born at warp speed. And so she's like, yeah, baby's coming. And I'm like, ah, we drive to the hospital. And you know how in the movies when you whip into the hospital, there's like attendants there like waiting for you. And like they got a, they're running out. There's nobody. <laughs> I mean, nobody. And you're out there and I got Alicia out and she's hanging on to a column. Ah! And I'm like, ah! And I'm like, and people just walking in, boop, 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 boop. I'm like, we're having a baby. And run to the lady at the counter, and I'm like, we're having a baby. And she's like, what's her name? And I'm like, we're having a baby. Go get her. I had to go get the wheelchair and wheel Alicia in so she could tell the lady her name. Watch, I want to know your name. I don't remember. Oh, it was just a rush. All those months, and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. We had us a baby boy. His head was perfect right out the gate, though, Stay, I mean, perfect. It was amazing. And that's not only in your making. Write this down. The next one, write this down. You're also incredible in your maturing. The fact that the human body that you're born, that you grow, that your head grows to a certain point, your arms grow, your hair grows, and then it goes. All right? You look at a little boy that's running and leaping. What do we say? They're growing like a what? like a weed, and then you see one that gets a little clumsy, and you know they're growing again, right? They're just falling all over themselves. And it's an amazing thing that we grow, and then it stops. Isn't that incredible? Like your DNA, your, your body's that whoop, that's, that's all you got, big guy. That's the end of it. That, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into that too much tonight, but isn't that amazing? That there was like literally a stopping point for you and your growth and your maturing of your body. It's absolutely amazing. Your body's awesome. And the making and the maturing. Now, see, write this down. They all start with M. Members, the members of your body. 
Look at this next slide. Think about your skeleton. 200 bones, crystallite calcium phosphate. That's what Google said. I mean, just absolutely amazing, organized in incredible ways with sockets and ball and joints and everything and the little bitty bones in your ear to the great big bones in your th- I mean, it's just amazing. It's incredible how God made you. Look at this next slide. Think about the human eye, right? You don't even appreciate it till you get some of these, right? The human eye is amazing. It's incredible, right? There's some, there's some animals that have 20 eyes. And their 20 eyes aren't as good as your two. It's amazing how awesome your two eyes are. I'm told that the water beetle has four eyes, two for above the water and two for under the water. Isn't that amazing? But your eyes are still better than the water beetle's eyes. The retina in your eye has 30 million cells in it. 30 million of those complex little cities that we were talking about with the supervisor standing around not doing nothing and plumber cells and electrical cells and all of those things. You've got that many, 30 million in your eyes. You can see with the naked eye a star that's 24 trillion miles away. Your eyes can speak. Some of your eyes are speaking right now. Some of them said, I didn't get enough sleep last night. (laughs) Right? Some of them are saying, you're not as funny as you think you are. Amen? (laughs) Your eyes can flash with indignation, right? Anger, right? Your eyes can light up with joy. Uh, Your eyes can be soft with love. Your eyes can show disappointment. I mean, just the emotion in the human eye is absolutely amazing. Look at this next slide. Think about your heart. I mean, your heart's a muscle. What is it, 1,800 gallons of blood in a day? Uh, it, it's amazing. You've got two kinds of the blood vessels, blood in, blood out. You've got valves regulating it. I mean, just the complexity of the human heart. You are amazing what God has given you. Physically. Number two, write this down. You're also in your mental capacity. It's absolutely amazing how God made you. Right? Ladies, think about how much, how much superior you are than your husband mentally. Amen? Isn't that incredible? Think about how much mentally superior you are than the animals. I'm going I'm to tell you something. I hope you understand this. You can train animals, but you can't teach them. There's a difference. You can train animals... But you can't really teach them. Uh, Try to teach geology to an elephant. Astrology to an eagle. Theology to a dog. Right? Animals operate on the basics of instinct and training, but you can't teach them. Man is able to reason, able to think. We have memory. I saw, by the way, I saw a 60 Minutes episode on YouTube. So it was an older episode, but I was on YouTube. And there are 10 people that are alive today, right now, that can remember every second of their mature lives. Every second. Every second. And so if you ask them some dates, you know, uh, you know what were you doing the hour that the space shuttle blew up or something like that? Oh, I was in, that, uh, they can remember the colored dress. And they remember everything. They've been thoroughly tested. They remember every. And so for one lady who was, um, you older folks in here, just identify yourself. Uh, taxi. You remember that show, Taxi? That lady on the show, she can do it. And for her, it was a blessing. They talked to this other lady. She has a memory. She can't forget anything. She remembers every second of her mature life. It like kicks in like when they're a teenager. She can remember every second of her mature life, and she hates it. Right? What did we talk about Sunday? Wherever you go, you are there. And if you're not happy with you, you're not going to be happy remembering every second 
of your life that you're miserable with yourself. And it was actually kind of sad to see. But it's amazing what our brains can actually do. The psalmist said this in Psalm 119, verse 11. He said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You've got incredible memory. I want to encourage you to use that memory, memorizing the word of God. We use such a small portion of our brain. Scientists tell us that. We use so little, but we've got the ability to memorize, the ability to speak, the ability to rationalize. All of these are gifts from God. We're capable of creativity. Uh, animals can use tools. I heard about these wasps that would use, they would pick up tiny stones, tiny pebbles, and they would pack down their, their little nests with the rock. I mean, animals can use tools. Animals can't make tools or design tools. Or manufacture tools. That's the difference. Man has creativity. We can compose. Uh, we can sing songs. Some of us, right? We can compose a song. Rationality, creativity. You have sensitivity. You can feel love. You can feel hate. You can feel indifference. You have the mental ability to hurt and to long and to desire. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're amazing. But also, write this down, number three. You're amazing because of the spiritual reality of how God created you and who you are. Your spiritual reality. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Look at it again. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, what does that actually mean? And again, look at verse 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Right Now, when you got up this morning and you looked at the mirror for the first time, did you think that's what God looks like? <laughs> well, some of you might have, all right? Come see me. We'll talk, okay? But three times he says God created. It's never said of an animal that an animal was created uh, in the image of God. No animal is created in the image of God, only man. Uh, if you're descended from monkeys, the Bible is a lie. Uh, you've got a physical nature, your body. You've got a mental nature, that's your mind. You've got a spiritual nature. That's the part of the spiritual part is the part that's made in the image and likeness of God. The spiritual part, right? I mean, it's it's not your physical nature; it's your spiritual nature. And this means we've been made in the likeness of God. We have um, God likeness in our spiritual nature. What does that mean? Write this down. It means you have personality. In your spiritual nature, you have personality. God has personality. You have a, a, a person. Let me define that for you. What personality literally means is, is that you've got a mind to think. You have emotions to feel. You've got a will to act. Personality. Uh, God is a person. Again, it's not some reference to a physical manifestation of God. You know, this is what God looks like. No. When God says that we're made in the likeness and the image of God, he's talking about um, uh, our personality. We have a mind, emotion, a will, a desire. We can do things. We can think things. We can decide things. God has given you moral agency. You have the ability to make decisions. So you have a personality. But B, write this down. Also, he gave you morality. Everybody's born with morality, this inward sense of right and wrong. You never see dogs wrestle with moral issues. I mean, if you yell at them enough, You'll think they're wrestling with a moral issue. They're just thinking, is this worth it? He's going to hit me with that slipper again. But I love bacon. <laughs> they're not wrestling with the right or wrong. We wrestle as human beings with great moral issues. 
should I do this? Should I do that? Is this the right thing to do? Is that the right thing to do? Wrong thing to do. Animals don't do that. Uh, we sense right and wrong, and we grapple with those. And again, what it says is we have God-likeness. It also means that we have God-consciousness. God-consciousness is simply this, that we're conscious of the existence of God. Now, I believe with all of my heart, every human being that's born is born with God consciousness and awareness that there is a God. There's no such thing as a naturally born atheist. If you're here tonight and you're an atheist, you're an atheist because somebody taught that to you. You came to that conclusion from reading something, learning something. Uh, nobody's born an atheist thinking that there isn't a God. Atheism is as unnatural to the human mind as um, whistling is to a turtle. It's not. Have you heard a turtle whistle? You're not, you're not, Google it. <laughs> Watch, if you find one, don't send that to me, okay? I don't need that in my life. You're not born, a, listen, you have God consciousness. He made you in his likeness and in his image. And part of that is you're aware of God. Deep down in your heart, you know there's a God in heaven. You know that you can relate to him. You know that you can worship him. You know that he's watching you. You're born that way. Animals uh, aren't capable of worship. Have you ever seen a cow kneel in prayer you know, or confessing sins, asking to be saved? Have you ever seen a dog getting a church together to have Bible study? Have you, have you ever seen hippos down there trying to convert to other hippos? They might be trying to baptize each other, but it doesn't have anything to do with any great moral issues. You are capable of work, made in the likeness and the image of God. What does that mean? It means that you can worship. You can worship, and that is an incredible gift from God. You've got morality, which means you're also capable of immorality, which is the flip side of that. When God created man, made man in his image, in the likeness of God, your spiritual nature is eternal. God is eternal. You're going to exist forever somewhere, right? This life isn't all there is, and you even know that. You have that awareness in your life. Now, that this isn't all there is. Your spirit is eternal. God is eternal. You're eternal. Your life here may end, but you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And the Bible teaches us clearly. Everybody's either spending eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. But our spirit, our souls will live on forever. Over 100 years from now, where are you going to be? Look at this next slide. The, the story of man can be told in three words. The first word is this, Creation. When you just think about the story of mankind, creation, we know there's an intelligent creator who made everything, brought everything into existence. That's your story. You were created by God, special, unique, completely gifted, and everything that God desired for you to have. But the second word, write this word down, is degeneration. Degeneration. Creation degenerated when sin entered in. The Bible doesn't teach. All right, so some scientists, what they try to teach you is, is that everything is um, evolving and getting better and better and better and better and better. But what science actually teaches, when you look at our solar system and you just look at science, things are winding down. Things aren't winding up. Things are getting, even in our, the physical nature of our world, things are winding down. Uh, and also, uh, we know around us, things aren't getting really better. Many times they're getting worse. A man is a fallen creature. 
And God created man in his image, but man sinned, Adam sinned. And because of sin, Scripture's clear, death entered in, uh, creation was marred. And so while we're we're born with the likeness and the image of God that he made us in his likeness, because of the sin of Adam, like a mirror, we're a mirror. Our spiritual nature is a mirror and a reflection of God. But because of Adam's sin, the mirror is broke. Have you ever looked at yourself through a broken mirror? That's you, but it's not right, is it? That's creation, and that's us apart from Christ. The image has been the reason why things are the way they are is because creation uh, has been broken because of the sin of man. Man became a marred image of God so that now man is less. We are less than what God created us to be. I mean, it's uh, degeneration. Um, Suppose you're walking through the woods and you saw an airplane broken up a bunch of pieces stuff flying a wing over there the tail over here just stuff everywhere right and you see the you know obviously you see it and then an airplane flies overhead let me ask you which one's logical would you look at the airplane on the ground and think you know what that's where that airplane came from there must have been an airplane torn all apart the pieces Everything's getting better. Everything kind of brought itself together, and then it started flying. Or would you look at the flying, working, operating airplane and go, that's where this thing came from. This thing once was flying, but it's crashed and it's broken. Listen, that's a picture of who we are in our sin. It's a picture of creation. Creation is broken. What we see is a reflection of what it could have been or what it was, but it's not what it used to be. This principle of degeneration uh, is all around us. Now, tragedy happened to us uh, when sin entered into the garden. And when we, you ever ask this question? I put this in my notes, but you ever ask, why is he like that? Why, how could anybody do that? Have you ever thought that? This is why. It's broken. It's degenerated. It's not, things aren't the way they were supposed to be. But thank God, number three, write this down. The third principle is regeneration. So we have creation, degeneration, and in Christ we have regeneration. God did something to intervene. The image is broken. Creation is not what it's supposed to be. We're not what we're supposed to be. But thank God that Christ did something. Uh, We needed somebody to come and redeem us, man, and Jesus did that. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 in your notes. It's it's talking about Jesus. This is amazing. This is the good stuff, so just wake up. Listen, this is, I love this. So, So God in the garden made us in his likeness and image. And then when he sent his son Jesus, Jesus came like what? In our image. And in our likeness, we were created in God's likeness. And then when Christ came, he came in our likeness. And through the new birth experience, he's making us over again as a new creation in Christ. It's absolutely amazing the picture that scripture gives us. Look at Colossians 3 verse 10. It says this, And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. That's the good news. So we have creation, degeneration, and regeneration. Regeneration is the good news that anyone who trusts Christ, we're a new creation. The old creation was marred and jacked up by sin, but we're a new creation in Christ. Right? And through regeneration, we once again bear the image of God in our life that we were created to have all along.
We can be uh, restored, have a relationship with God, a relationship with Christ like we were supposed to have from the very beginning. And that's the only way through Jesus. God, you are, man, you are amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Everything from your physical makeup, right, your mental capacity, your your eternal spiritual nature. You are amazing. Think how amazing the creator God must be that thought you up. And you and you and you and you and you. And thought all of us up and brought all of this about. And then sent his son to become like one of us. Remember, you know, what you look like in the morning when you look in the mirror? He sent his son to die for that guy and for that girl. All jacked up, degenerated. Not what you were created to be. Fallen in sin. And that the God who created us sent his son to be just like us. And to live that life we couldn't ever live for ourselves so that he could save us, man. That's the good news That's the story that Scripture teaches us, and it teaches us that it's the only way through Jesus, man. Jesus is the answer. And honestly, okay, I'm going to wrap up with this. Every time, you know, you look in the mirror, and maybe it seems like you're getting older, things are slowing down, your back hurts, your shoulder hurts, your hips hurt, whatever. It's a reminder that things aren't the way they're supposed to be. But we have victory through Christ Jesus. And this isn't all there is. That there's more. And that the same God who created us, loved us, died for us to save us, and we can spend eternity with him in heaven. Perfect. No sorrow, no pain, no wrinkles, no scars, no gray hair. Well, man, I don't know. Right? Perfect in Christ Jesus. In a way, we're never perfect like that now. You wake up and you look Let's stand. We'll be dismissed.